Hi, I'm Moni, and welcome to Mixing with Moni, where each week I will try to rival your most opinionated friend who swears she's always right. I'll be mixing a few worlds together to give a POC perspective on everything POCs and the opposites are often equally shocked that I'm into, from music, politics, to hot topics, and lots of TV, and even the things that I think make it really difficult to be a young adult in today's world. I'll be covering it all, and I want you to do it with me. So, let's mix it up. Hey guys, so I'm going to jump right in. I am not going to do a song this week, mainly because I have not been feeling well, so I really haven't been listening to much. Um, I did do a really fun feature with Melissa Ribeiro, um, who lives in New York, and she has a microblog and a soon-to-be podcast called Wine Over Wisdom, um, spelled just the way it sounds if you want to look it up on Instagram. Um, and we did a great big mix, I would call it a mess, but it's really a mix of all things Bravo. Um, we talked about pretty much everything current on TV with the exception of Beverly Hills because I think I've beaten that dead horse to death again. Um, and well, then we talked a lot about um, Roni, uh, Houses of New York, um, Beverly Hills, um, but not much, uh, Pump Rules, what we're excited about, what we expect, predictions. We talked about some conspiracy theories of Southern Charm because um, I have plenty. I have conspiracy theories about pretty much every show. And I'm not entirely wrong, especially about my ones about pump rolls. I think that there's something there. So um, I'm going to uh, probably just like dip into pop culture and hot topics first. Um, and then a little bit of politics. And then I'm going to play half of um, our feature because half of it kind of goes with what is on this week. And I'm going to save the other half for next week's episode just because most of Bravo or half of the lineup is ending or has ended at this point. So um, just to have something to talk about. So when we get to more like Southern Charm and Pump Rules, we'll probably um, do that next week. But because we mixed it all together and kind of went on some really great tangents about what we loved and didn't like about current seasons, past seasons of all the shows that you guys love that we love too you'll get a little bit of everything so you'll still get a little here a little bit more of like new york even if we transition to talk about pump rules or row housewives of orange county like there are so many great parallels i think of bravo and we point out quite a bit of them what i think you guys are going to love about melissa is that she has this like she's a really big um empath so she kind of like has a lot of good wisdom that she puts like into perspective of watching these shows and not just troubled humans like, you know, yelling at each other, but like kind of put her, putting herself in their shoes a little bit and says some really cool like things and understandings and analyze um, analysis of like Shep and Billy Lee from Freedom Pump Rules, a Chef from Southern Charm, um, some of the housewives. But then we also, of course, get into some dirt and some tea. So stay tuned for that. And I'm going to take a quick break and then we will get started with hot topics and some politics. So I like to call hot politops. 
Alright, so I'm back and ready for some hot power tops. Um, so, <laughs> let's see, where to begin? So, hot topics wise, some things have gone on. Um, a lot of it, in my opinion, just because my world collides so much, is like Bravo related. We still have no info on BravoCon. Um, we, me and Melissa kind of get into that too. Um, I think we should all just make our own BravoCon. We should all just go ourselves, you know, and just like stand outside of headquarters and be like, we want answers um, and we're going to get them. Especially since so many people have already bought their flights. I don't have that much faith in anything. I could never do it. But, you know, it's a thought. Um, other things going on in Hot Topics, if you care or watch Riverdale, um, I know that um, Cole Sprouse, who plays Jughead on the show, um, was also Cody on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. If you are a Disney kid like I am, um, that was definitely my era. And his girlfriend, who plays Betty on the show, um, yes, if you are not familiar with Riverdale, but you are familiar with Archie, those names are the same. It is basically a remake of Archie, a dark, twisted remake, though. Um, it's really good, though. I, I do like it, and I've gotten a lot of... Um, uh, responses and DMs of people who are like, you should definitely be watching this and reviewing it. So I'm definitely thinking of, of expanding my DVR a little bit. Um, they broke up. They were dating in real life um, and on the show. So I think that it'll be very interesting watching the show um, from now on. And their dynamic, there's apparently been some like hints we could have seen of them, you know, doing press and at Comic-Con, but... They have decided to consciously uncouple. I've always found that to be the <laughs> the funniest statement ever. Like, what does that even mean? Like, if you're consciously uncoupling, everyone who is uncoupling should be conscious. Unless you're, like, divorcing someone who's, like, not, who doesn't have any brain activity. Which I know what it actually means. It's, like, we both decided and made, it like, a conscious decision to, like, not be together. But still, it's a really silly phrase. Um, but no disrespect to anybody who's done it. We all probably should do a conscious uncouple versus like, you know, fighting it out, which is what I love to see, which is why we watch reality TV. Um, also, if you love fighting it out, some politics, um, just to kind of switch over really quick. I'll probably expand later. Mueller testified on The Hill this week. And it was about six hours. It started around nine-ish and ended around like 12, 12.30 for the first half. And then he came back the second half, cleared some things up, answered some new questions, had new people ask him things until like 3.30. And I actually watched the whole thing. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm equally as interested in politics as I am in reality TV and Bravo and TV in general. And I find it to be like... I think it makes me interesting, you know? I'm probably going to do a poll. Like, does it make me interesting that I'm equally well-versed in both worlds? But I also find them to be so similar sometimes. Like, watching this man on the hill and watching the different sides, is, it, it reminds me of, like, different couches at a reunion. And there's, like, the, you know, the chairman person who asks all the major questions and delves up everybody's time to speak like Andy Cohen 
at the reunions or any person moderating any reality TV show reunion. And then like there's like alliances on the couches and then they all kind of go at each other. And then someone comes out, Mueller, who is like a friend of or something. And then like they all go at him. It is wild. Like some are on his side, some are not. He did quite the job. I will say that if you aren't super into politics, like you don't have time to watch C-SPAN all day like I did or made time for, or you don't like care that much or you don't want to care, but you want to be informed, which I definitely think you should heading into another election year. I will. Wow. Four years already. That flew. Yikes. Okay. Um, sorry. Just kind of like took me by surprise here. How long it's been. Um, I will say that you should just definitely be conscious of what you're reading in the news or what you see on like regular news stations, like their recaps of stuff. Some things do get sensationalized. I'm not about to be here and be like fake news because I have a great respect for the media. And I think people turn on the news and stuff because they have an inkling of what's going on, but they want to know more, but they don't have time to basically sit and watch C-SPAN or read everything. So they kind of get like their recaps from there. And my mom is one. Um, she works within like the government. So it's sometimes hard for her to like sit and watch some people that she's worked with or knows about like to be on the hill and stuff or to like, you know, be in these hot seats, but she wants to be informed. So she'll watch the recap versions of news shows, which I think is great. You should do that. But just be conscious, like always like do a little bit more digging if you are concerned about something or you see something that catches your eye or if it's, I say that if it's going to make you form an opinion when you go to the ballot, definitely research more. If you see something that someone says on one station, try to find it on another station. Odds are they're talking about it somewhere else. If they aren't, you should be concerned. Do a little bit more digging. Do like um, on Twitter or something like they say you will click. And try to find it on the Save You A Click site so they just kind of recap what articles are saying about that. Um, because there were some moments in the Mueller testifying that, um, for instance, he basically said that um, at one point what the news picked up and ran on like a long news cycle that day was that he said that um, per President Trump's statements about WikiLeaks, some literally like verbatim stating, I love these WikiLeaks. Like, have you guys seen these? Well, I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty much also like this in rhetoric and tone. Um, have you seen these WikiLeaks? They're great. Like, they're really great. And Mueller's answer, what the news reported, he said, like in the little banner on like CNN and Fox and ABC and stuff was, um, Trump's uh, opinion on WikiLeaks should be alarming or, or it's um, troubling is an understatement is what they put up there. Troubling is an understatement. And they kind of made it seem like he just said that like outright, like um, like his thoughts and views on this, the word troubling or, you know, concerning would be an understatement. And it wasn't as emphatic as it was made out to be, especially by the banners. I know there's not a lot of space to put every word on that banner and everything that happened and give context, but I also didn't see a whole bunch of context given. And the context was he was read the tweets about WikiLeaks, Mueller was, by another representative in Congress and then was asked 
if he if, if that's bad basically and he basically was like I'm not at liberty like, he's like I don't really want to have an opinion on this and he didn't get he, that was pretty much his answer for a lot of things so I'm surprised they pulled so many things out for the news cycle because he didn't say too too much um and I'll get into that in a second I'm probably gonna go all over the place again sorry I'll try to keep it more civil um and structured but he pretty much was just asked his opinion and then he said he really didn't have one and then or like he wasn't at liberty to say it at this time. And then he was asked again, follow up, like, would you consider this troubling? And, or, or how do you feel? He it was asked specifically, how do you feel about what you just heard? But I think it's a good answer, a good question. Um, and to that, his response was troubling would be an understatement. <coughs> And that is kind of a little bit different than just such an emphatic response of like, you know, immediately being, you know, answering this is what's troubling. So I'll just I'll continue with some politics because this is pretty much what's been all over politics lately is, you know, the Mueller testifying. And a lot of people have gotten some questions, like some actual DMs because because of how much I do like it, of especially on my personal account, because I was watching it on my personal account like with a snack, like it was, it was intense to me to watch for six hours. Um, some things like that he brought his like co-writer or like the co, um, special, uh, prosecutor on the report. He brought him. That's unusual to some people on the hill and then he would fight back and be like he has any right to be here as anybody else does or the dims and like the republicans would say like that's unusual that you brought him and the dims would be like he's allowed to bring whoever he wants and i just love the way that congress people and people in the senate and the house fight because they can't do it really directly unless they're talking to the person like the actual subject of the person um so they do it it's so much passive aggression and so much indirectness that it's sometimes even more like entertaining than like housewives um yes it does also make you be like wow the state of our country is in a little bit of a disarray because it just seemed like everybody had a different agenda up there and there was definitely two different agendas based on like the opening statements of the two parties in the house um there was some differences there until why Mueller needed to be there if he needed to be there from the republicans republican standpoint he did not need to be there um he did not need to come there and do a conspiracy theory but what was kind of a consensus was that um the reason and one of the reasons that the democrats did ask him to come or had him come to the hill was because he his report of 409 pages um does not did not exonerate the president, the way the president and his team and staff did say that it did. That's not what happened. But even some members in Congress didn't even read the report and made that clear that uh, somebody else in the, in the Department of um, Justice also said that he didn't read the report. And so they're making a lot of assumptions and statements on something they did not read. Granted, a lot of them did have to read or like pull stuff as like evidence for um, Mueller to testify. 
And that's pretty much all that happened. He did not say anything explicitly new or that was groundbreaking. He pretty much just doubled down and stood by anything that was in his report. The only thing that he did not or that he did like backtrack on was that in the first part, he said that, you know, the Dems asked him, like, is the only reason you did not indict the president because he is a sitting president per the OLC's opinion? And he said yes, like twice. But then he came back and was like, basically, I didn't mean it just that way. Like, not just like, oh, I was ready to indict him, but this law, because there's also some ways you can kind of work around that, apparently. Um, not really, but really, which is the same with any law. But he basically just kind of like reiterated that is a factor into why we did not make the decision on whether or not to indict. He basically made it clear that it's not that he decided not to indict, it's that he decided not to make a decision on whether or not to indict because he's an, a sitting president. He basically was just like, I'm going to make this report, do my you know due diligence, and then just kind of like, I guess, leave it in the air because there are ongoing investigations happening in Washington and in New York, I believe, too. Um, like, you know, for other things and some things that he even put in his report. He just was like, that's not what we're doing right now because of X, Y, and Z, which um, was probably the only thing he said independent of the report. But other than that, he'd be asked things. He'd even be asked to read it. And like, especially by the Dems, which was like kind of a ploy. Um, he, it was more of like a political thing, like get him to read his own report so that the American people can actually hear what was in it because Americans don't have time to read 400 and whatever pages of anything. I did. Fun fact. I did. It, it's, it's captivating, but lawyers and stuff like to deal with that. And I'm fascinated by the law. I love the law. Um, so I had no problem reading it. I thought it was quite interesting. Um, but that was kind of the Democratic standpoint was that since many people did not read it, they deserved to know what was in it. And he they wanted him to narrate his own report in some ways. Like they would ask him, do you see it above you on the screen? Do you want to read it? And he basically would be like, you can go ahead. <laughs> That's kind of what happened. And so then they would just ask him, like, do you stand by? And he would pretty much just be like, well, what was his thoughts? What did he mean by that? What was meant in the footnotes, which is something that pretty much all the lawyers do read, but I also like footnotes. So he would be like, if it's in the report, if I said it, I wrote it. If I wrote it, I meant it. That's pretty much what happened. He was just like, I like whatever it, you read. If it's in the report, I stand by it. And that is a statement in and of itself. And it kind of frustrated some Republicans because I think they were, they're so um, ready for the whole, they did not call it a witch hunt which is something that the president did, you know, he has used that rhetoric before, but they're not calling it that. They're calling it a conspiracy theory because there are actual, the, 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 hunt, the witches were hunted. In the report, there were some witches that were found. I don't know if it was like, you know, good witch, bad witch, like we found the witch, it, but that's not to be said that there wasn't some witches. Like It was not like completely you know, a bust. There are things in there that are definitely incriminating, that are definitely, you know, prosecution worthy, that are definitely illegal. Um, there is lots of things that went on in there, allegedly. Um, I'm just saying that for my own sake. But if you read the report, there's a lot of evidence in there for a lot of things. Um, but it does not it completely exonerate the president of collusion. So 
the think the Republicans kind of just wanted to catch him in saying, like, make it clear that there isn't any. And he basically was just like, if I said it in the report, I meant it. If the report alludes to collusion, where there's smoke, there's fire. But even if I said or it isn't or isn't, there's things in there that I found that I reported and that's it. So then they tried to catch him, you know, kind of slip him up a little bit on like him using various headlines and stuff. And he's like, well, don't you, th-? and they would be like, don't you think that using these headlines makes it seem like uh, they factored into your report? And he's like, they were literally put in the footnotes as it's just context. And if you know, if you published it, it's context. If you publish a reasoning, you can't really be responsible for people not reading that. It's like back in school when like you would read a novel and there'd be a prologue or epilogue at the beginning and the end of the book and you'd be tested on it. And then it's like, but you guys didn't read the epilogue and the prologue. And it's like, well, if it was assigned in the novel to read, just because we didn't read it doesn't make it the person who published its fault or the teacher's fault. It makes it our fault for not reading it. So, I mean, it's there that the headlines were just used to, you know, provide context, but like it is what it is. So it's there. And if I said it happened, it happened. And I think that that, I think it's, it was definitely um, a premature uh, testifying. Um, I understand why the Democrats wanted to do it. Like they wanted the Americans to know what was going on so they can kind of make some informed decisions on what they want to do next or so that the people can make an informed decision on how they vote because many people do not know what was in there and they needed to know. I think all people need to know what's going on. But if you go by just what the president said, just by what the news says, then you are getting like a hearsay, hearsay, hearsay version. When they ask their author himself, did you write these things? Did these things happen? What happened there? And that he wouldn't give a lot of background. He was basically like, I wrote a 400 page report. You mother, you know, like if I wrote it, I wrote it. I'm not about to rewrite or retell, redictate all 400 pages of that report. And I get it. That's a lot of pages. So um, that was pretty much what went on, you know, deep in the politics world. Um, the testifying was long. There was two separate agendas that Republicans kind of wanted to like discredit the report or at least get him to like make it known that he didn't do any type of indictment because there wasn't a reason to indict. And he basically was like, that's not what happened. But then there were Democrats were like, you didn't indict because he's a sitting president. And he was like, well, that's not what happened. And someone was like, then why was he there? And I get that because why? Because that was a waste. But there were some important moments. I will say that, you know, if you just read like a summary, like read like the, um, like the transcript of the testifying that now that was, that would probably be great because it was, it was interesting. Um, it'll be an interesting 2020. I cannot wait to cover politics and on this podcast next year. God help me. Um, yeah, that was sarcasm because I am not looking forward to it. I always get really anxious talking about politics on the show on, on my podcast, but I think it's important to put it in layman's terms. I don't even think just for like younger people, like, um, you know, within my own age demographic, but just in general, people who don't just want to watch it all day. They want to have freedom in their lives and then, but they also want to be informed. And I get that. I feel both. I also have a really great ability to disassociate. Um, I also find that to be the reason why I love Housewives so much because I have no favorites. I have some that I like a lot, but I don't stand like a huge fan for any of them. Like 
I, I can literally watch them all objectively. Like, huh, okay, yeah, we need you. You're awful, but we need you. Or you're terrible. I like you, but we don't need you. Like, I'm really good at doing that. And I like that about why I like politics. Because I can kind of see where everyone's coming from and make informed decisions. But I can also see where everyone's coming from and be able to reiterate to everyone listening to my show what's going on. Like, without, you know, being biased one way or another. So I get really anxious about it. But I've had a lot of really good feedback of people who are like, we want to know more. Like, you are really good at that. And I think you do a good job of being in the balance. Um, so we can make decisions without, like, the kind of what news people are supposed to do. They'll give you the unbiased opinion of both. We know that doesn't happen. But, you know, just what is going on. I do think that, you know, Republicans had an agenda to discredit the the Mueller report, but Democrats also had an agenda to use it to political advantage of like getting him to say, isn't there, you know, isn't the only reason that you didn't indict because of this so that they can kind of be like, see what we can do instead to push our own political agenda. Not to mention they're trying to find a president, like a presidential candidate right now. They want to replace the current president. So in order to do that and in order to, before they can, you know, back anyone or you know they want to get it all out there so when it's out there candidates will address it you know what I mean like they'll actually be able to be like Mueller said in his report they can address it before they even get to debating Trump they can use that as a way to you know get at the forefront and become the Democratic nominee because once the American public knows about it the American public gets concerned they want to know their answers to stuff they want to know what is it what is it that you're going to do about this. What do you think about this? And since so many of them were lawyers or prosecutors or something like they all have very different interpretations of the law, but they all want to reiterate how important, you know, following the law is. So I think that's something that's important to know is that, you know, you kind of just have to know where you stand on your own, but in order to do that, you need to know what's going on. So I get it. No one had six hours. I was sick. I had six hours. So I watched and I'm here to tell you about it. If you want to know more about what happened on the Hill and the testifying of it all, I think this also went way longer than I should have, you know, talked about it because I still had more hot topics to get on to. But <laughs> there was a lot that went on, like a whole lot that went on um, that I didn't even get to. So because, again, six hours. But that is a great gist. So if you want to know more, DM me. Let me know. Um you know, you can leave it in the reviews, but just with five stars, please. Thank you. Um, if you want to do that, but I am excited to see, hear you guys thoughts. If you do like it, if you not, I do, I did want to scrap politics in general, but like, I don't, I don't have to. I mean, people are telling me often that like they like it. So maybe I'll keep it, um, and just keep doing it this way and then get into some mess and being shady with people. And I'm doing a couple of cool features coming up soon. And I'm really excited about that with some other really awesome podcasts. So um, look forward to that. And that will not be about politics at all. That'll be about the mess that we love. So, yeah, um, that kind of wraps up the hot politops. I guess uh, some other things, if you're interested, there's going to be a female four, I've heard, um, which is a Marvel character, a superhero. He's usually a man. Um, and so that's kind of cool. Um, 
And yeah, let me know what hot topics you guys are into. Oh, The Bachelorette is ending, but I'll probably get into that into the DVR segment. Um, I'm going to do a probably like a bigger deep dive on Bachelorette with someone very soon that I'm excited about. And um, that's going to be coming up in the next couple weeks. So, and that will be by the time it's ended and Bachelor in Paradise starts. So look out for that. But um, yeah, biggest thing that rocked the, you know, the, the pop culture world this week and that all the sites have been like reporting is either Housewives because there's been two reunions on concurrently. And then, um, you know, the whole Riverdale, this young couple like consciously uncoupling. Um, so that's kind of it. So I will take a break and I will get into some bachelorette things this week. It's a little bit lighter just because it was just men tell all and then like a previews of, or like a snippet of what, you know, happened this, uh, you know, the whole like post, um, what am I trying to say? Fantasy suite thing. So that's that. And, um, yeah, I will get back into that in a second and I'll do markers of course in the bio or not the bio in, um, the, uh, description so that everybody knows where their favorite parts of the episode is so stay tuned for that all right so we are back with dipping into my dvr i say that wrong every single week i say like dipping into my dr that's like the dominican republic that's not it would love to dip into there also Hope everybody's okay that's been going there. Over a lot of people disappearing, dying. That's dark graphic. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's dipping into my DVR. Sorry about that. You know, this whole thing is new to me. So, dipping into my DVR. We'll start with The Bachelorette and then I'll do um, the segment that I did with Melissa Ribeiro from Wine Over Wisdom. Um, for pretty much all your Bravo content and we get into a lot. I will admit there might be some choppy-ish editing. I don't think it's that bad because, um, we took breaks anytime that either of us really had to cough cause we were both getting over a cold. Um, and we would like to take a break and then I basically edited it out. Um, so it'll just like, it'll, you won't miss, you would not have missed anything if the words like don't overlay or like they kind of skip. That's, we were talking about the exact same thing. We did it really strategically that way. So have no fear. We just did not want to cough in your ears. Wow, that rhymed. My English degree is finally paying off. Um, all right. So for Bachelorette, men tell all. Mike needs to be the next Bachelor. Everyone's caping for it. If it's not him, I will legitimately not watch anymore. It is time to have a person of color as the bachelor, as the male suitor. I loved Rachel as the bachelorette. She was the first black suitor of the show. Loved her. But they all know their bread and butter is at bachelor. We love bachelorette, but you need, it needs to be done. We need to have some level of diversity. They've been trying to do more diverse casts of women and men, and that's great, but that's also how we ended up with Mike. He is loved by all, and it is not because of or in spite of him being black. It is literally because he is so amazing. He is so sweet. He championed for Hannah so hard. He was so, like, strong man macho without being too aggressive. 
like he didn't want to fight anyone, but he would protect, you know, Hannah. He would not be not afraid to stand up for himself or for Hannah. I like him for this role. I think Tyler C will probably end up getting it though. Cause I have a theory. She chooses no one. I don't know why. I just, I have a theory that she doesn't choose anyone. I would love to be wrong because if she chooses Tyler C, then Mike can definitely be bachelor because we had so much things, so many things go on and, you know, like pop culture news of the final four having two of them having girlfriends and one being Luke P, which is a disaster, which most people know about even if they don't watch the show. So, um, yeah, Luke P awful. And I'm so glad she sent him home. I, it was everything that I've waited for, everything that I've hoped for when she did it. Him coming back and being a stalker and being controlling and basically telling her, I will not leave unless you talk to me, is the, I don't understand how anyone, even himself as being in his family, are defending him. That is abusive behavior sign, red flag 101. That is a hard red light. Like, he's to say the words, I will not leave unless you talk to me, like, that is stalkerish behavior, but shout out to Hannah. She moved the rose like podium where all the roses stand. She moved it. Like, well, if you won't leave, I'll move. And moves it around him. And it's like, well, you know what? I want you to leave. He would not leave. He's like, I, I won't leave. So she's like, well, move. I will just move around you. That's fine. And she does that. And I'm like, well, how kick ass are you, Hannah? Loved it. I think that's really, really, really cool of her. Like she is something else. And she's now apologized to all of America on Men Tell All for like letting Luke P stay so long. But she had to work some things out with her heart because she really did like him. So, and there was some alluding to it when they like, you know, remet. Like I legitimately thought that they had some conversations off camera that led him to believe he was further along than he was. And I don't think that that was a bad thing because I really do think she felt something for him. Um, she said he was the closest thing that she had to love at first sight and then being so close to their faith and their, you know, religion and being Christian and stuff like that was a major deal for both of them. So I understand why he might have felt he was further along, but it just came off incredibly creepy and weird and controlling and abusive the whole time. Like that we have no evidence to back any of that up, but he gave his own like red flag signs often and then she kicked him out and he wouldn't leave like and the men rallied I loved that you know Jed Tyler C and Pete they all rallied and were like we will make sure you leave bro like you're going to leave then Chris Harrison comes out with this like melancholic voice and is like Luke what are you gonna do I don't think she wants you here Hannah what do you want do you want him here no, I sent him home. Luke, I think it's time for you to go. Say your goodbyes. None of that happened, but that's kind of what it felt like and what it sounded like. So I find that funny. Um, another Bachelorette news. I feel like because Jed has been reported, he is in the top three now since Luke goes home, that he might have had a girlfriend around the same time. And Peter Pilot, which is not his name, but I like to call him that, he also may have had a girlfriend around the same time. I think Tyler C is the only clear winner. So if she doesn't pick him, then I know that one of them will probably end up 
she will pick no one because I mean she's probably not with anyone right now because that's all come out in the last few weeks and the show's kind of almost over. So I think she either will pick no one or it'll be Tyler C. Um, and we find out that out next week, two nights for two hours each night. I swear, Bachelorette thinks that I just have all the time in the world for them. And I don't. But it also kind of goes into the argument of why people think that Bachelorette fans and Bravo fans don't coexist. I'm determined to prove that wrong. Like, um, I know, like, I heard, like, the bonus episode or was it a regular episode? Either way, it was great with um, Michelle Dempsey, uh, who was an amazing, like, mom, media, superwoman, blogger, all these things. She's amazing. Um, she and the Real Models of Bravo, who I'm always talking about, who I love, they kind of got me started in this whole thing, even like how much I loved just talking too much about TV. They kind of went into the conversation, like, if you don't watch Bravo, what do you watch on their last episode? And they were like, I guess The Bachelorette. But none of them have seen an episode because they all love Bravo. And I love Bravo, but I also watch The Bachelorette. Then they did a poll. Then I did a poll. And basically, nobody watches both. And I think you should be. And I think that, like, it's fun both ways. Not to mention, Mondays and Tuesdays are now clear, I think, because Beverly Hills is finally over. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> so, and I'll be doing a feature or something pretty soon with someone about um, Bachelorette, who also is a fan of Bravo. So, I think it can coexist, but you do need time, because... Ooh, Bachelorette is a, it's long. It's two hours every single week. And then for the finale, it's two nights, two hours both weeks. But a lot of times it's because of the interviews and stuff at the end of the season. They interview all the people, um, which is how we all know that we love Mike. And Mike should be a Bachelor. So I'll end on that note. Um, but yeah, that's it for Bachelorette. It's been a good season. I think that we are headed into some really weird territory. I don't think anyone was there for the right reasons. I think even Hannah, like, had so many insecurities that I don't even think she was there for the right reason. So, um, curious to see what will happen. I'm excited for next week. And now I will introduce you all to the feature that I did with Melissa Ribeiro from Wine Over Wisdom for some much-needed Bravo banter. Oh, I love an alliteration. English degree at work times two today. Love it. And, um, yeah, we'll get into that. Hope you guys like it. Again, please don't mind the coughing. So sorry. We try to cut as much out of it as possible. Um, but it is, we go into everything Bravo. I mean, Housewives of Orange County. What, what we should expect, what we love and don't love. Pump rules. What about the rumors that we've been hearing of there being a new cast that they're going to filter out the old cast? Um, I've gotten a lot of tips and hits, hints on some things that's going on. So thank you to all of those people. Um, if you know more, tell me more. I love to gossip with you in my DMs. It's fun. Um, yeah, I just hit a month today of my podcast and my Instagram account. And I think I'm doing quite well. I really love it. I'm happy that everybody's enjoying it. And, um, we'll always be giving you more, but constantly looking to restructure for right now that it, it's it's working because everybody's telling me it's working. So if you have any thoughts and opinions, feel free to follow me first. Let me know in my DMs so I can actually know to respond um, and it doesn't get like lost in like the requests of DMs, um, which I still find, by the way. 
And then write a review. Leave me a review. Give me a rating. Five stars, please, only. Bring your one-star concerns to my DMs. I love talking to people. Melissa just DMs me one day and was like, I love your show. I would I would like I want to be on your podcast. I think that it would be fun. And I was like, let's do it. Can you do it this week? I have no problem with like, if you know your stuff and you want to watch and you're just as much as obsessed as I am, we planned on like doing like 30 minutes and ended up having to break it up into two episodes because of that's how much we talked about everything Bravo. Housewives of Dallas, that's what she capes for. I'm getting her hooked on the Potomac. She it, watched the last episode, so we talked a little bit about that. And then we talk about this whole fourth wall ordeal and why Bravo shows kind of should break it a little bit more because some scandal has happened because of it. They break it at the reunion, which we love, but that's also why the reunions kind of favor well with everyone. So we get into all that and more. I won't spoil anything. Go and listen. I'm cutting it up into two episodes. And that just means that you need to come back next week. And that is that. Have a great day. And next you will hear Dipping into my DVR, the Bravo edition. All right. So I am here with Melissa Ribeiro. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. <laughs> Perfect. So um, I am here with Melissa Ribeiro, and she has a awesome Instagram account called Wine Over Wisdom. And um, we are going to talk about some TV. We're going to dip into my DVR which is um, probably my favorite segment of my show because it pretty much just is all about TV and Bravo and all the things that I would rather be doing with my day than all the responsibilities that I have. Yes. <laughs> right. So, Melissa, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone about yourself and um, how you kind of, like, you know, came to want to do this? Yes. Yeah, so I um, studied broadcasting and communications, and I decided – a great hobby would be to go back to writing. So I decided to start a micro blog, Wine Over Wisdom. Uh, the blog is a developing blog. I need to be posting it more. Soon will be a podcast where I discuss everything from intuition to television. I love Bravo, big Bravo fan. So that will insert that as much as possible. There'll be plenty of wine because I'm no connoisseur or sommelier, but I definitely will. I very well could be. I very well could be. <laughs> I do love a great selection of cheap wines. So I'd like to mention that. Um, and it's already part of my micro blog at Wine Over Wisdom. So, and I, I just talk that. about my life. Right now I'm talking about the treacherous experiences of being a bride. I just had my <laughs> wedding in June. So, Congratulations. Yes, it's, I find a lot of people are connecting with that because it's not as glamorous or fun as one might think, but I'm definitely there to give any advice along the way. So wine over wisdom, drink some wine and learn something. I'm not an expert at anything, though. <laughs> None of us are, honestly. Although wine, I very well, I probably could be at some point. <laughs> yes, we must have I a glass that. one day, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe for BravoCon because you live in New York City. Oh, that would be great. I think that would be great. And at this point, I'm pretty sure that us meeting for a glass of wine is more likely to happen than BravoCon itself because I've still 
heard nothing other than really, really, really bad things about how expensive on. it's going to be. Oh, yeah. I am I wouldn't be shocked if the tickets were $600. And I wouldn't Honestly, be shocked if I paid that. So. I would not be either. And I've heard, like, it can. it's going to be even more, which I'm hoping it's, like, a VIP price or something. Oh, my god. But, like, I just need to know something. And I feel bad for all people that I see who have, like, bought flights and stuff already. Really? I can't even imagine. I would be, like, shitting myself. Like, I'd be, like, I have I know no information. And I have this flight planned. I know nothing about where I'm going or what's happening. It's very fire festival of Bravo. I love it. But it is for certain going to be in New York. Yeah, that's what I'm. I, that's what I've. That's the. I think the okay. only thing that I I know. But that's also I think something that everyone's assuming. Because when I went back to Bravo Insider and like the original Bravo Con announcement, I don't think I saw that specifically. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we all just assume that because that's where their studio yes. are and their staff. Where Andy Cohen is. That's where we ought to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean. I when I found out it was in November, I was supposed to go on my honeymoon in November. So oh I told God. my husband, scratch that. We're gonna figure this oh out. Oh my god. <laughs> We're gonna figure this out. No, I totally I understand. Will cripple. <laughs> I will I will literally crumble in in, in just it's, you miss it, right? Oh. Like Yeah. I, I, I don't know what exactly to expect. I have no idea what this is even gonna be. I don't think they know what it's gonna be. I know I need to be a part of it. <laughs> It just, right. It's just, you don't need it to be anything. You just put all of them in a room and Honestly, it's all we need. Which is something that I saw that they've done in the last few months. Like this summer, they did a, um, like an influencers like meetup yes. where they had just like a few housewives. They had, I, I remember Dorinda was there, um, Giselle from Potomac, which I know you said you wanted to get into and that's oh, pretty yeah. much my home area. I saw the last area. episode, yeah. Oh, crazy, right? Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's and that's good. like that's the that's this is the that's the calm one. Mm. The ones before, like two or three episodes before. Well, it. I saw ridiculous. The, I saw the dinner party. Oh, so that's yeah. when I was like, oh, what am I missing? I I need to right. catch up. I'm glad you say that. I've been preaching from the mountaintops for a very long time about this franchise. Not just because I'm biased because it's my home court, but like <laughs> it's just it's good. I mean, I have. A running theory that the earlier seasons, uh, and it's something that we, we're probably probably going to get into, but the earlier seasons of different franchises are always way better because the women aren't like smelling themselves too much yet. Like, yes. they are not so up their own asses to where they are. They think that they're just like these huge celebrities where they have so much to lose because they have so much celebrity. So like their deals are like you know they have deals in place and contracts and stuff. When they get to be certain caliber, that makes them kind of like a lot more unrelatable. And with Potomac and like Dallas and like earlier franchises of almost any Bravo show, I think they do so well because they're relatable. Even if they're rich as hell, they're still relatable in some aspect of like, yeah. as women, we can understand them. As minorities, we can understand them. As, you know, maybe wives, we can understand them. As moms, like they are relatable. But now it's like 15 nannies and big houses and they won't tell anything about their own personal lives they just like yell and scream at each other yeah. and then like don't ever take accountability for anything else later like that's not they are not self-aware yet they haven't studied themselves enough yet and they don't have the clout just like you said i've heard you talk about dallas and i feel the complete same i'm a huge dallas fan me i pick for dallas and i Stephanie and Brandy, I love I them. I love them. I absolutely love them. And then Leanne, of course, is like the crazy factor. And <coughs> her lines, 
Oh, she's she's something. Like her her one liners are uh, almost up there with Bethany. And I think I hope that is what I just said is enough to get people who are not in it on it. Because yeah. Bethany has amazing kick ass one liners, and so does Leanne. Like she's 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 really gonna come. Like I think that there is so much breakout stardom to these like newer franchises i think giselle is really one to watch for i've heard like on watch what happens live recently um, i want to say like magical Rappaport or somebody like one of these bravo connoisseurs said that like you could put giselle in the ring with anyone and she will be she would probably beat them out like she really yeah will. and same with like leanne like the, we, we've got to give these new bravo shows a chance they're just kick-ass women i honestly my theory is that maybe they should like I think they should rotate like years, like give like some of these seasons, like a whole year off because people will miss Bravo so much that they'll just watch anything they, that you put out at some point. I don't know. I think they need to just pick a couple from each franchise and create like a summer house with them. I think I literally like my heart just skipped a beat. Yeah, even if it was just a week, just I would roll them all together. I would watch throw that. alcohol, which is a hot topic because I really do feel since we're going to get into Real Housewives of New York, that I I don't know how Luann is going to suffice with. Yeah, I've heard she's on the chopping block. Like I've heard that a lot, and I think it's not even just because she can't drink; it's because she, of how much of a liability she is. Like. Yeah. It's the, and also um, somebody said something um, about the fact that like I don't think she can travel like in terms of her probation which is why they went to Miami for their trip like oh, really? she can't I don't think she can go out the country so she can't go on the cast trip so there can't be a cast trip and it's gonna just the dynamic is just totally different when one person is totally sober and the rest of them are like not not that it shouldn't be supported and they shouldn't be on the show if they can't you know have some kind of libations or something but it just kind of like it takes the whole energy down and makes it serious when none of the other people on the show are serious in that moment because they're all inebriated and then like Luann is like pissed about it so it's just like she's screaming, you know, in her self-righteous, like, I can't be around all this drunkness. Yeah. And they're just like, giggle, giggle. Okay. Like, well, there is a parallel between what we're going to talk about tonight, between Southern Charm and Real Housewives of New York. Because I was both just thinking that. Luann and Catherine, and they're both doing this against their will. And of course, to yes. be a Bravo celebrity doesn't mean you have to drink. There are plenty of people that are just as interesting drinking or not drinking, but they are both people that would rather be drinking. Yes. They're not doing this from a wellness perspective like Lala. Yes, I was just about to say shout out to Lala who made shout the out choice to Lala. herself. Yeah, and, and I think she's still no going to be just as interesting. Oh my God. No random, way. like, a random tangent, like number three before we get into like actual structured stuff. Yeah, um, of course, of course. I don't know because I, I recently posted it on my, on my Instagram and I know everyone is busy and everyone has life outside of Bravo unlike me, but I don't know I if you it saw. All. I love all your content. <laughs> Thank it's you. Amazing. I, I don't, don't know how you catch everything, but I love it all. <laughs> I literally wake up like way too early and stay up way too late. Just like refreshing. It's, <laughs> it's kind of obsessive, but I don't know if you caught the fact that um, Randall Yes, it is. Lala's fiance. I, mm-hmm. I captured on, I don't even remember whose story, but like they were all filming on their own stories, like pouring of this like whole massive bottle of, I think, vodka or some kind of liquor into like this punch bowl that they were all drinking out of. 
And Randall's sitting just, like, right there. Like, in the actual camera shot. And at first it took me a minute to be like, oh, okay. So they're all hanging out with Randall. And I thought back to, like, Stassi's point at the reunion last season of, like, he hangs out with all of them. Like, he's there. So it would be different if he was never around, but he's always preaching. He doesn't want to be on camera, but he's always around. Like, he's around them all. But I'm like, it's going to be pretty hard to edit him out if he's literally for his in reputation, the, the camera shot. For his reputation, he has to claim that he does not want to be filmed. But if it's going to make Lala money and it's going to make him money to pay back Fosty, <laughs> oh my God. he's going to be on camera. I think that also, like, watching his personality and watching his stories... I don't think I like him. <laughs> I think he seems like a lot. Like he I've seems like seen, a lot. I've seen lives where Lala and him both go on live together and he gets upset that there's not as many people on his live as Lala's. It's yeah. like a playful upset. I, I, but, but like still. We can we know. think about this. Like I'm about to say, really like feel? I just that, that's what I'm saying. Like something about him is like so fame whorish. I'm surprised. Yes, he doesn't absolutely. Want to be on the show. I think that when he started dating Lala, she was also so new because she was casted on the show. I've heard instead of like hired, like by yes. Lisa, like she wasn't working there first, so she was kind of like brought into this world, and they didn't know how she was going to like, I guess, test. And then she was literally, and if they, although they would love it if we all forgot. But she was the home wrecking whore. That was literally what yes. they casted her as. Mm-hmm. Like they all hated her because of it. And then I guess he didn't want to be associated with that. He was still going through his divorce. But now all that's finalized and he's been on flipping out. So I'm like, if you're going to film one Bravo show with your fiance as well, and at the time as your girlfriend, why would you not film another one? The one that she's on, the one she actually makes yeah. money from. Like it makes no sense. It makes zero sense to me. I think that oh, that's yeah. Just, yeah. They, and they then, did like the house renovation together. And it's the house that they're in right now. Wait, I want to get into another rant because I heard your episode on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I just want to quickly say everyone forgot the fact that Dorit and PK were on million dollar listing and they were going to sell their yes. house and then they didn't. And it got did anyone mention burglarized. This? It oh, was really? like, yes, it was like uh, the day after the open or something. Like, the, they had like a broker's open on the episode, I believe. And then, like, it got like burglarized or some things were stolen. And it, it made news. And it's some people very were skeptical. Yeah. Very, very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Some people were saying it might have been an insurance scam because he was, he owed money. So it it's was like, because like, I was sell like, your house and you're not. Right. Because there's no way you're going to have a broker's open on TV. And a Bravo one, and then like all these super like highfalutin brokers. Like even if it wasn't on Bravo, they're not just letting anyone in the house. Like it's not an open house. They're not just letting any old person in the house. Like I'm sure that your lovely house in Beverly Hills was a little bit. It was a little bit more exclusive to get into that open house than like a flyer on the street, sixteen streets down. Like. I don't buy for a second that it was like we had this huge open house and then like things just went missing. But no, stole- absolutely not. And now it- when you have the kind of security system <laughs> right. that, come on. Like, boy, Joyce lives there, but you have no security. Like, what? What is that? Like, what are you talking about? And I remember, like, um, yes, I remember it was burglarized because Dorit said that something that she gave PK on, like, the season prior got stolen. Oh, right. Like, something ugly, like, or that the she hated. Yes. Ugly. Like, the, I think I'm mixing that with actually 
one of my friends who got a heart necklace and hated it. <laughs> it was like a, a, a doll or a, it was something. Either yeah, it was something. Stolen or they didn't steal it or something. It was brought up. Like, oh, and then it was, cause it was around the same time that Kyle's house got burglarized. And it was like a thing. And I was like, some one of these things are not like the other. I think something doesn't belong. <laughs> and Ooh, I don't everyone believe Everyone who's in a lawsuit where their homes got burglarized. Yeah. That's sorry I said that weird. Um by the way, I'm getting over a virus, a cold, so <laughs> oh, <same. laughs> I'm struggling. It's just and I can't breathe through like, my nose, um, so if I mess up on words, this is why. Um yeah, that is really interesting. I yeah. never made that connection until this very moment. Yeah. Erica, Tariq, really and Kyle. Interesting. But that just also goes with the, I honestly, I have such a dark theory that the entire West Coast of Housewives needs to like be taken out back and just shot and let me start. (laughs) Like I really do. I don't understand why we are holding on to it just because of seniority. Like it wasn't, like I'm not going to get into VH that much because I've gone in ad nauseum about Housewives of Beverly Hills and how this season was a total disaster. But like it was just a mess. Like, we did not. And it's more interesting at the end, at the reunion, and in real life right now than on the show. So then why did I watch 21 episodes? Yeah, I enjoyed a lot of it, but I definitely think, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I think that it just, I mean, adding Denise was amazing. But, and I, I loved, honestly, it was the Denise show. I, I just, I loved Denise. I know that not everybody feels the same way as me, but. I loved her because she... Who did not like Denise? So, I don't happening? know. Some people were a little critical of her in the beginning, and I don't know where they stand now, but she is perfect. She's just... But she is an extra calm body, and the rest of them are trying to be safe. So they needed... I don't think Camille was enough. I think they should have added Denise and someone else. Yeah. Or they should have done, like, a dynamic... It should have been, like... If you, I just feel like we were also teased with this whole Kim and Brandy make appearances thing because they really did just make appearances. Literally. But when you promote in your promotion of the show, like in the trailers and stuff, if you're promoting two people that you know people can be excited to watch because you know you don't have anything for the actual season, you need to make to do something different with the season yeah. or just scrap the season. Yeah, like I didn't need this. I really did not need this whole season. I didn't need it. it. Feel, yeah, it feels produced. But it feels heavily produced. It feels a little vindictive. It feels like we're battling each other. Like Lisa's like, I'm going to leave. And then the producer's like, well, then we're going to make you look bad. Like, it just feel it's, it felt, and it, it felt like they were battling on And TV. I don't enjoy and like, Camille. I don't need to see this. I don't enjoy Camille. I think she belongs in OC. I have this. I don't, I don't enjoy her. Oh my God. I think I would actually like OC more if I, she, she was. She belongs in OC. But like, I don't typically like or dislike any of my housewives i really am so objective with all of them it's kind of weird i don't know how i'm able to disassociate so much but like i can look at all of them objectively Mm -hmm. and just be like you're good for the show you're not good for the show i do the same thing with southern charm like i've gotten a lot of like people in my comments like oh people are really serious about their bravo yeah. All my comments and my thoughts on my show about like on Ashley. Oh yeah, I'm let's like, get into we it. Need her. Let's get into it. I'm, right. Okay. So I'm like, I mean, I'm, I hate to say it, like she is trashly. We get it, but I needed her. I because I was, 
I was not catching it all. I was literally like, I'm going to make a snack. Like, every episode, I took a break before there was a break. Like, I didn't, it wasn't captivating. And I think it's because, I hate to say it, but I think this show needs a villain. I don't think every show needs a villain. But if you have a villain from season one to now, and you just take all of your villains away, it just kind of is like, what? It leaves a lot to be desired for me. Because we've had the craziness of Catherine and then Catherine and Thomas and then like what was the intentions and then like their legal battles and the drugs and then Ashley like we had all of that but isn't Craig kind of a villain because he is just destructive he's not a villain he's just destructive he's in a very destructive state it's almost alarming and scary to watch because it's such a he's crumbling but I think it's because people love him so much, they're not going to see him as that. He's endearing. Like, see it as like, oh, poor Craigie. But Especially that's what I'm saying. I need something when more he's than, right. Like, he's so endearing, but it's just like, oh my God, bro, like, you need to, like, get it together. Like, pull yourself it's together. It's just so painful to but watch. It can be really painful to watch, but I'm happy to see he has, like, a little something going on now, maybe some stream of income and stuff but they all endear him like we all think the same thing like i get it that the show is charming but he cannot be the only like like contradicting plot yeah that, I, he's the underdog that's actually what yeah he and he's destructive but in the bar i'm right but it's just like i'm not sewing pillows but i'm not sewing enough pillows but i'm making pillows and i'm still in love with naomi and I really want her, but she doesn't want me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And now what? Because that gets. I just want to see and Shep date. Also... I just want to see Shep find someone. He's never going to find anyone, but oh, never! <laughs> he keeps I, I digging himself a hole. Shep because I knew. I just knew. Like, no, he's gonna. You know die. what watching like, relationship hello. taught me? How badly what? he really wants to be in a relationship. He's dying to I find think so love. Too. He really wants to. And just... Cam really recent. Cam recently said like Shep's going through something. Like she said on like on Bravo's podcast, like the Daily Dish, like that he's just he really just like is going no, through something. And she thinks that before they oh. reject him. <laughs> and I think it shows a lot about like how he thought about uh, the way he talked about Madison, like his instant like repulsion of her. It's like, it, it goes to show, so there's something going on there. Like, the way he feels about women truly, like, beyond just, like, their looks and how they interact with him and how they feed his ego. Something that he feels about women or what he, like, really wants from a woman, there's something there that he kind of has to, like, get through. But he's too grown of a man for anybody to babysit him. Yeah, well, so. I'll get into this, uh, the little wisdom aspect. There's a huge relationship between desire and fear the biggest thing that you desire is the biggest thing you fear so if the biggest thing he desires is having a woman or finding love the biggest fear is that he won't find it so he's just using so much energy to reject it that that is amazing yeah and this is where he is yeah and him being that's exactly where he's at a sloppy frat boy this episode was so entertaining to watch i mean i was dying especially because i used to you know smoke a lot back in the day so i could totally (laughs) relate to all of them and like the fact that you could just look at someone across the room and just laugh for no reason and you find everything funny and then everything you're like in tears and tears and tears like that was hysterical watching shep and austin 
I think so too. But it was such a turn off when that's a potential suitor. For oh sure. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or anybody who was watching who was like not stoned or drunk, like wasn't having fun with them. Like, yeah. Can y'all just like stop giggling? <laughs> I was just getting flashbacks of college watching them. But if I never had that, sorry. No, it's okay. If you never had, if that, I never had that then... experience in college where I used to, you know, do that, then I would have not gotten it and I mean I was watching it with my husband and he's a huge Southern Charm fan and he wasn't getting like the little like stupidity between them and then I'm catching Chelsea <laughs> and she's high as a kite and I was dying over that because any <laughs> I could watch Chelsea eat cereal I could watch Chelsea do anything Me too. I love her I love her have you ever seen I think she's amazing have you ever seen Survivor with her I, I've, I no not with her but I did wow really oh my goodness You'll fall in oh, love with her even more. That. that is happening this Oh, weekend. yeah. We... I've, uh, she's responded, like, her first season, the men on, like, Twitter and on the internet were going wild. I mean, you have this bombshell of a human being who can, like, fish and hunt and is, like, down to get dirty, but is also so low drama and low maintenance. And she just seems like good energy. I and mean, she's, like, down for anything. She's a hard worker. Like, she's amazing i wish i had I her really, energy I, I wish i could just hold it Me down too. call craig a pussy and like you know she's a and pain. nobody's I'm mad like, at me famous. i can just like she can literally just like do no wrong. throw it down i can't she, Give, that was incredible serve, in, serve it straight up shut it down walk away without a scratch every single time she sat down right behind him <laughs> and said I have a bigger dick than you do. <laughs> I was like, someone give this girl an Emmy. Like, what's, what is this? She saved that. But that was like, to me, that was the turning point for the season. I finally felt like we were going somewhere. We're starting. And it was thanks to, yeah. And we know we're like multiple episodes in. But it finally felt like, thank you, Craig, for having a meltdown. And thank you, everyone else, for reacting so heavily. Because I think that this show... With this cast, their personalities are so inherently Southern and charming yes. that they are repressed in it. So they need reaction. They have to be reactionary. And I think for the last few seasons, we've had a need for reactions. We've had Thomas and Catherine going at it, and then Catherine going on a downward spiral, and Thomas like basically turning everyone against her. And then we've had Ashley come, and then we had Ashley be terrible. People were on Catherine's side because of it. Like, they need reactions because their reactions to stuff yeah. is sensational. Because when Ashley got to this skeet shoot brunch, sometimes I really wish I was from the South. I don't know <laughs> what the hell that is. But they, nobody blinked an eye when she said it. And I was like, is that a thing? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's a thing. It's just oh, shooting wow. some skeet. <laughs> it's a fun And action. drinking mimosas. Why not? Well, I don't, think, sure. I don't think alcohol and guns should mix, but... <laughs> I don't think so either, but I think they have them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what that big beverage cart was like. Um, yeah, because they were like, I'm going to go get a drink. But like when she walked in, first of all, I thought she looked amazing. I, I know, know her outfit was great. Her makeup was great. She great. Yeah, but her mouth moves like the like, Grinch. This is great. It's, it yeah. really does. And she has the heart of the Grinch. Like she's a train wreck of an individual. And she was obviously wise. an escort. She, yeah. she obviously was an escort. And she was obviously produced coming in there because I, and I really don't think that I said this on my show last week. I don't think they knew. I really don't because their reactions were 
no, the, their reactions. I, I don't are so think they're that. Absolutely, I don't think that they're that. That they're the bitches back to have been able to do that. Yeah, and in a feather hat. <laughs> They all ran from a table. Like, I've never seen She would have made me run that way. So she has that energy that is just, it, like, there are some people when oh they walk God. in the room and you don't even know they're there, you're, the hair in the back of your neck does, it just stands right up and you're like, who is that? Oh, Honestly. it's you. That's who she is. And her cameo with Naomi, I know you're saying that they need a reaction, but sometimes the, the subtle reactions, I just find them so intriguing. Naomi just basically well, no, so me, I like that. <laughs> but that was my thing. Like, I honestly feel that they do, that that was a, that was a sizable reaction to me. I don't think Naomi expected that call when she got it. She went like numb. She was like, oh my God, why? I know what happened. Myself? I know that per, she, Ashley was probably begging production for another chance. They yeah. said, no, nobody wants to be with you. Oh, wait, Naomi didn't go on the trip. Naomi, you know that as part of your contract to be on the trip. You don't want to go. Now you have to bite yep. this. You have to take, yeah. you have to do this clip. And yeah, you have to do this. It's either this you or could go tell she was so forced. She was yeah. so forced to do it. She practically had like <laughs> half a bottle of rosé. I feel like she looked at. <laughs> I feel like she looked at Kevin holding the camera. And was like, "So you guys are paying our tabs or what?" And they're like, "Yeah." And then yeah. she's like, "All right, three rosés it is. Let's get it over." Yeah. With. And Ashley was like, "Oh, you're drinking already." She was like, "Yeah, girl." I Every know. response like, is perfect, even though it was just such a gentle response. She was just like, "Her no. faces, her faces." Her faces were amazing but like that's what I loved about like this is also why I say I think we need Ashley like people are like pissed at me and everyone else for saying but it what like more can no Ashley she's do? awful just constantly plead for forgiveness well, that, but there's there's not, that was also yeah, my point is that she has no place on the show do. and honestly because she's not dating Thomas, I love Catherine so. too much I want to see oh, I, them I all just develop relationships i want to see Catherine's. oh sorry my computer i want to see Catherine's <laughs> new man eventually on the show i want to see shep i hear we do get turned down at by the a bunch end. of women and spiral and then finally face oh, well, himself fine. i want to see austin not have this fake relationship with madison but madison Whom, is by the way we job. probably should have had yeah we probably should have had her over austin anyway um uh, she's doing I think a that was job. also a thing I definitely think that they, their relationship was not real. No, it is but not. But I also think that maybe that was production's way of introducing her to the cast a little bit more authentically than Thomas and Ashley the Escort. I believe with Austin and Madison, it's a real relationship. I mean, no, 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 no. Sorry. Back it up. Back it up. I said it all wrong. It's a fake relationship with real sexual tension. Oh, yeah. So... Absolutely. You know, she doesn't there was see probably him as like a human, a but she sees him something. as like a right as a sex toy, and he sees her. Maybe he's falling for it actually, because Madison seems so intelligent. She oh, seems so yeah. street smart. Oh, she's playing this game like she's playing it well. Oh yeah. Like I recently heard her do an interview with um, really? Kate Casey, and she talked about how she was planning on moving back to New York with her ex-husband and she said she was going to pack up her family and move to New York and I really thought that was the largest threat that she gave to Bravo like 
she went on this podcast. She doesn't do a whole lot of press, but she's done a press tour for not even being a friend of on the show. And I think that's bold, but also strategic. And to say to production, like, I'll pack up a move right now. And two weeks after she did that interview, she's been in New York for like the summer. Have you heard? She was her. I've seen her put it up on her like Instagram that she's oh, like, yeah. going to be in New she York for the rest of the week. She showed an apartment that's clearly yes. like a rental mm-hmm. or an Airbnb. I mean, everybody rents in New York. Come on. But it, and she said it is temporary, but I think that was like her, her car. Like he's playing her hand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I felt the exact same way. That it, I heard a podcast with Danny and uh, Rachel O'Brien. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, be here for a while, whatever. And it's sort of a recent episode, if anyone wants to catch it. It aired after the whole Madison texted Gentry Danny's boyfriend at the mm-hmm. time. Right. Well, she yes. had her client text Gentry, Danny's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And she was explaining the whole Instagram drama that ensued from that. And Danny basically breaks down about how kind of calculated their relationship is because she was in a relationship. And then as production started occurring, she was suddenly with Austin. They were uh-huh. very on it with Instagram, showing every little yep. thing they did. And I don't know. It just seems too cheesy. But I feel like Austin might fall for it. Well, I've already said once before on my show, my conspiracy theory is that the whole threesome ordeal was set staged. Up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said up. that on the Real Moms of Bravo podcast. I was like, there was no way that that was authentic. I watched Madison look at the camera. Yeah. Like, are you and there? And it was 100% like, right. And it was 100% like straight on. Like, who? I've creepily recorded people. Like, you know, you just send like a Snapchat to your friends or something yeah. like, would you check out this outfit? There is no way your camera is so perfectly positioned that it is capturing everything. And I've yelled at my mom, at my friends, at partners and stuff. And you don't run out of your door and then stop prematurely like 15 paces away and continue yelling because the camera's there. Like, he stopped right in front of his bedroom door and, like, hands on his knees. Madison! 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 And I'm like, she's literally the cast right believes there. Like, the cast believes that, that video or they're trying to believe it because they know it's a good storyline for them and it might lead <laughs> yeah, to something. It's I a good crutch that. situation, but... Yeah. Also, if a girl no that way. you slept with your boyfriend is standing there with a camera, wouldn't you smack that phone out of her hand? Or smack her? Or like, smack why? her? She's still sitting there. Why are they both still sitting there? I don't understand And if understand it wasn't that. staged by Madison and Austin, I believe it was staged by Madison to be like, oh, yeah. hit on him. You're going to catch this footage. Come over, give him drinks, give him weed, whatever. Like, let him stick, you know, pull an all-nighter with him until I walk in. I actually think that's a really good point. That maybe she kind of, you know, coerced it herself because... What a better way to get on the show than that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's made herself the talk of everything. She's always wanted She's to be on the show. There. She did Patricia's hair, Danny's hair. Um, she, she was just working her way through. She, was, she has tried in the past when Danny mentioned something about when, with her ex, Todd or Tom, Madison's boyfriend was... <coughs> Sorry, Madison's boy. No, it's okay. Madison's boy ex boyfriend 
used to fix Danny's ex-boyfriend's boat or maintain it. And then they, when Danny and her ex broke up, she did her hair. She, but she, she's obsessed with Danny. Jesus. She is obsessed with Danny. I think she thought that by being Danny's friend would get her, you know, closer to the show. I'm surprised Which I find that interesting because Danny's hair not like get her on the right because Patricia was on the show. Danny's like around. I She's don't not know. Like, Patricia can do anything. Whitney like produces full. the show. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Danny's just around for doing Patricia's hair. That would have been even better. It's Cause probably because the cast live. said no. Probably the cast was like, yeah. why? What are we going to invite her to? Right. Which I find interesting because I would invite her before I'd invite Eliza. Eli- I don't find Eliza that interesting. No, like, not I, at all. I think that my thing is like, it's fun. The idea of like old money, but like we already have it tested on the show. So I'm not as interested in like a new person with old money that can't count from whenever days and times. And then like, if you're a housewives watcher, which is the bread and butter of Bravo, you're already used to old Southern money. Like yeah. you, we watch it. We watch money every on every other show on Bravo. But I'll watch but it. That's I'll why see where I, it goes. Because obviously yeah, like, she doesn't also, have a filter and she puts her foot in her mouth. So I'll see where it goes. But the but problem I think is Eliza's not giving me much. I no. think that we should have swapped her with Madison. Because production is they got way too ahead of themselves. They definitely enticed her to respond or say something silly or do something that would put her foot in her mouth the first day they were filming, which was definitely that dinner party at Patricia's. Yeah. Definitely the first week of filming at least, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. they got her to put her foot in her mouth so early on that now she was like stepping on she's been back, yeah. Now she's, she's stepping back with the whole season. Yeah, so now she's like walking everybody on, back I'm over. saying walking on eggshells, not stepping on eggshells. I don't know, whatever, same thing. <laughs> and so, <laughs> which that, if they were smart, they should just make her feel so comfortable that all of a sudden, what Eliza did we just get? And maybe it also the factor that she just got a new boyfriend. Yeah. You know, maybe she's also trying to be somebody for this new boyfriend. She clearly, you know, is looking to be in a relationship. She looks like a hopeless romantic to me. Right. So, but the chef really picks on her. I wonder if he's attracted to her and he just can't admit it because he's like a kid in the, in the sandbox that needs to oh, kind of a thousand percent hate the like person he's attracted to yeah. first because he's worried that they won't be attracted to him. Somebody did comment on one of my posts that like sec- uh, chef's sexual tension or like his the way he loves Madison is literally like, he just can't admit to himself that he likes another one of Austin's like, you know, like, um, like wh- who the girls that he's pursuing. Cause we already watched him kind of pursue Chelsea. I don't know if like, he really likes he hates Ma- I don't know if Madison, I don't think he hates Madison for that reason, to be honest with you. He made really? a comment when she walked in in the, in the black and beautiful hair, like when she was wearing a black she shirt right. and yeah. black pants and her hair was, gorgeous um he said femme fatale which is so funny because i wrote in my notes way before he said that madison femme fatale she is the she and and that's why she's bringing a lot to the show because she's likable but you know she's dangerous and yeah it's just so funny and then like where are we going with chelsea and her running a business together there's a little different ways that it could go maybe that was produced also Maybe but I would love to see that. Madison that they had like a joint hair salon. Yeah, I would love to see that. Um, I don't know. But I think with Shep and Craig, they just know that 
the girls were a team last season. Mm-hmm. The guys have nothing if Whitney is not even present and Austin's in a relationship. What is it going to be? The right. Shep and Craig show? No. Shep and Craig, Tweedledee, Tweedledum. Like, as much as I love them and I would love to be their best friend, I feel like they, they remind me. They remind me of anyone I grew up with, which is so sad. No, I get that. But I yeah. really grew up with a lot of that. So there is something really frustrating and endearing at the same time between the two of them. But really, what? Well, the good old boy do? thing dies quick. Like, and it's it died. Not, yeah, and they got chewed not, up last season by the girls. Yeah, and it's it's just like he's kind of they're, they're just kind of continuing it. Like we see so much pretentious behavior with like with Whitney and Shep that eventually like it just gets old. Like all of the boys' antics get old. The girls they keep the show running. So yeah, honestly, absolutely. With, without them, but the, the, the chemistry kind of has to be there. So I think that it definitely, I think it needs some things. I don't think, I, I don't think production knows what it needs yet, but I think that they will be doing themselves a very big disservice by letting Madison go. I don't know how they're going to rework her in there, but they need to do something because they tried to rework Ashley in there, but without Thomas and with Catherine not even like, I can't even be around this person, it just makes no sense yeah. because she's just now literally a person, like a, a stranger. Like, I don't stalk my ex's friends, like, and just go try to hang out with them. That's, that's weird. I don't it's even so live in the crazy, state. but there's not much more, there's not much more Ashley can do. Even if she no, apologizes, yeah. she's going to start fights with people and they all know the best thing to do with that type of crazy is not even react because you're just giving her yeah. more ammunition. And I mean, with Madison, sure, maybe critics or a lot of viewers already are going to reject her because they can tell how badly she wants to be on the show. Or maybe the cast might reject her because they can tell how badly she wants to be on the show. A lot of people do not like any cast members that try too hard to be on the show. They don't trust that. You know, kind of like. And I kind of felt that way about Adam when it came to Vanderpump Rules. I'm like, he's clearly just trying to be on the show. I, he's phony to me. But then there's other examples like Madison's like, okay, she she clawed her way to be here. Maybe she deserves a chance. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, she she deserves Madison deserves a chance. Sure, she inauthentically got on the show. And she strategically, she's a lot of tactics. That girl has tactics. And, but oh, she absolutely. deserves it. She deserves it. Give her, give her, give her, her ch- I mean, just give her, like, give her a chance and see how she tests. Because I think that's something that they do with the housewives all the time. Is they see how you test. And then if it doesn't work out, like, they kind of, like, scale back. Because, and this is probably a really good transition, but, like, um, that that's pretty much what they tried to do with Barbara Kay. Like, she was supposed to be full-time on Housewives of New York. But that was so sad. Yeah. And then like before the shooting for Barbara, they were like, no, you weren't. She's not going to be. (laughs) I know, but I felt like if they just added (laughs) someone else with Barbara, I felt like the fact that she was a square in a round hole or the the turnip in the fruit basket, (laughs) so to speak, by Dorinda. The fact that that was so it, she was a spectacle of her own. I thought that was so interesting to see, like, what did we do? We just dragged someone from New Jersey, basically, and yeah. brought her 
here and and all that self tanner we saw her spray on oh, herself and she was just like stamping herself everywhere she went it was nice to see you know and sonia fought for her <laughs> sonia loved her so it was much. so cute and bethany like was like you know in her bethany way like preach scolding and like comforting at the same time and she was just like no i know I, I totally get it you were basically like brought here and like left out to dry which i do think is what happened oh it is I think they brought her on because she was there for the luann intervention she had a good connection and tied to bethany and luann and during the first few episodes i mean the in the hamptons it was a good lead-in i thought we, i saw promise Oh, oh yeah, okay. absolutely. This works. Like they were both there. It was a hot mess. They were trying to Got warn it. her. They were trying to warn right. her. If you keep defending Luann, that's your storyline and that's it. And it's gonna get washed away. You but have she went in there with like this blind loyalty thing that doesn't quite work in New York. Because I'm just no. I was thinking and I was like just just They're supposing with all the other franchises. That works almost in any other one, but like in, in, in Dallas, it in Jersey. Oh, in Dallas, oh, it yeah. works between Cameron and Leanne. <laughs> and then, like, in Jersey, of course, it uh, it works. Like, they're, like, loyal to a fault. But then when you get to New York, it's, like, because they're so real and they're so capable of, like, reading each other for filth and cutting each other, like, down to their kneecap and then, like, being, like, okay, we're cool. Like, oh, in the same yes. scene. And that is so New York. They don't so need to wait until a reunion. And I love that, that about That is so him. New York, too. I mean, that's I what makes New York, it to New York. Be, Honestly, I didn't expect the whole Miami scene where Bethany had her breakdown. I didn't expect there to be a resolve within the same episode. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was insane to me. But that's that what was we like, all want to see. Uh, what? And then, cause I, and then they kind of gave it away so quickly because the previews, they made it a two-parter when she started breaking down. It was towards the end of the first part. And then in the preview for the next episode, it was literally like, we're just going to act like it. Like they, they showed so much in the next trailer. It was like, so do we act like it never happened? Like, is there like a, and that's literally what happened. She comes back the to night. the table and was like, yeah. It's just a panic right, attack. There, guys. Yeah, it happens. Like, yeah, <laughs> just a panic attack at dinner. Yeah, no hyperventilating. At this like revealing all her darkest secrets that she's trying to in front to... of a pop tart toaster. And but that is so things. New York, and I believe that as a cast, as a New York cast, they do need to be much more diverse. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did, as much as we did. Thank you so much to Melissa, you know, for coming on and doing this with me. Uh, Like I said, I'm cutting it short this week just because there was so much that we talked about. Tune in next week. We get even more into New York, um, back to OC and doing some House of Dallas and then Potomac. We both came for those shows separately and then like together. I got her on board. Then we get into some conspiracies about Southern Charm, the whole threesome thing all of that we go back to new york we kind of go all over the place but all your bravo needs are met i promise really just cut it short this week just so that we um had you know a little bit more to work with for next week but also because we know that everybody can listen to bravo all day so we understand that and we just wanted to make sure that we put out some good stuff um hopefully the edits weren't too too bad but um just wanted to make sure you guys could hear us and appreciate all the 
history and knowledge that we like the deep diving that we went into um let us know what you think you can follow us both of us on instagram um you can follow melissa at wine over wisdom spelled exactly how it sounds um with no spaces or underscores or anything and you can check out her blog and stuff there and her micro blogs and then you of course can follow me at mixing with money and my x-i-n-g w-i-t-h-m-a-n-i on instagram it's been growing so much i'm so pleased um and yeah all bravo news and stuff and all pop culture all tv news i talk about it all day on there so a lot of good content there tune in next week to hear us get deeper into more bravo stuff and um do a little bit of an analysis as well um and let us know what you think please feel free to rate uh five stars please and then bring all your one star two star whatever comments to my dms apparently i respond to everyone so might as well right what do you have to lose so five stars only and um hopefully you write some reviews and i'd love to hear them because they really make my day so hope you guys have a great a great week and we'll see you next week bye Thank you.